Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we have a Millennial Music Chat with Jared Evan. Jared is definitely one of those young artists that you're going to want to pay attention to in the future. This album is climbing the iTunes pop charts and features guest appearances by Lloyd and Alan Kingdom. This multi-talented artist is also becoming a sought-after songwriter and producer, having written songs for Rihanna, Eminem, and Kanye West, amongst others. In this candid interview with Millennial Money, Jared opens up about being a young artist signed to a major record label and the lessons he learned along the way. Uh, I read on your your new album, Blanket Truth, uh, it was inspired by the the I Heart Huckabees movie. How did that come about? And tell us about the album and what's what's that all about? Yeah, you know the uh, that, you know there's a movie. Obviously, I Heart Huckabees is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. My sister yeah. actually put me onto it 
years ago. Like I actually, I came up with the concept and the title of that, like that name, I'd say probably like three years ago now. Mm. And um, I had known about the movie, but it was around 2000. They're like, really told me to watch it. It might inspire me. It's funny. And um, I watched the whole thing. And then after I saw it, I was like, damn, like that scene just kind of stuck with me. Like, you know, where Dustin Hoffman is explaining to Jason Schwartzman this concept that he has. And um, I found it very profound. And I was like, maybe that could be a song or I I don't know. I didn't know at the time. I just really liked the title because I'm like a big title guy. Sometimes I'll think of like titles and you know, either for a song or an album or I just kind of like sometimes write titles down. So I always just had that title down, like that blanket truth thing that he was explaining in that scene. And, um, yeah, years just went by and I would continue to make music. And there was a lot of records that I kind of held on to cause I was like, these are really dope. I, I kind of wanted to get there gradually and, um, work towards those songs. And, um, yeah, so that idea goes kind of years back and, it was around this past year where I thought, you know, maybe I can make use of these records. And, you know, when I had, um, them put together in, 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 in like whole, I felt like that title, the blanket truth, it really made sense with those group of songs that I had, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it kind of just made sense. And, and as I found that they worked within that concept, I then made even more music um, now, you know, when I finally realized what I wanted the album concept to be, I continued to make music after that, that was in line with that concept. And, you know, that's kind of how that album came, came about, you know? Right. And, and so it's gotten, uh, last I read it, you got, it got up to 34 on the iTunes pop charts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it peaked at number 34 on peaked pop. Out. So that, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. And I, um, I, I, someone told me that it was in overall, like it was in the top 200 for a little bit. So that was really cool. That was really, really dope. That's never happened to me before. You know? <laughs> that's, that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, man. Thank you. Um, so uh, how did you get into music and, and what, what, what made you want to get into the music business? Yeah, wow. You know, I, I actually, I'm, you know, whenever I get asked that question, it's kind of like, I just kind of, the last thing I remember since I was little, the earliest memory I have is still loving music and having you know, gravitating towards it. And, um, I just really feel like my whole life has been kind of surrounded by it. Cause you know, ever since I was about four or five years old, like I really wanted to become a drummer. I, you know, I told my parents that I'm interested in the drums and like, I really want to play the drums and they would come down, uh, into the basement and they see me like banging. I have this knock hockey tables, like knock hockey. I don't know if anybody, if you guys remember that from, uh, the nineties, but it was like this mini hockey board thing. And there was like these two red, like hockey sticks. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would take them and I'd like play rhythms on like furniture, you know what I mean? And, um, they were like, you know, you can't do that. We're just gonna, you know, have to get your drum set. So they, one of my dad's best friend actually was a drummer in like the seventies. And he had like an old Ludwig and he just, he, they were like best friends and, and, uh, he gave it to my dad to give to me. And that was my first drum set. And I was probably five or six years old. And, um, yeah, man, it, my, the, the forever mission growing up was like wanting to be a drummer, you know, wanting to be like, uh, in a famous rock and roll band. Like people I idolized were like Keith Moon and Ginger Baker, um, John Bonham, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that was the original mission was mm-hmm. like, I grew up a drummer. Um, so it really all stems from being a drummer, mm-hmm. uh, 
and the vocal thing and the rapping thing and the be- wanting to just step out and be like a, a an artist, like not just playing. Cause my whole life it was just me playing the drums, like just the backbone guy, you know, which was dope. And I, I still play the drums. Like I love it. But there was a point where I transitioned from like wanting to be the drummer to like, I want to be just an artist now. Yeah. Like I want to be, you know, like every time the band that I was in, in high school, like the singer, he would, you know, write the lyrics and he would sing the songs. And I, you know, I didn't have that courage to be that guy, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it just kind of gradually transitioned from drums to then rapping. And then once I started rapping, I felt more comfortable as like a vocalist, whether it's singing, just being the guy with the microphone, you know? Right. Um, so that was just years and years of like loving early hip hop, like ripping like old hip hop records and, and becoming just like a rap nerd. Um, and just rapping every day, freestyling. It was like my favorite thing to do is just freestyle. And uh, that then gradually led to singing. And it kind of just, man, my whole life has been just this musical kind of journey, you know? Right, right. And it also seems, too, at your age, too, that a sort of hip-hop and rap sort of, you know, you could actually go, oh, I can make this a career, you know? Right. You know, so you kind of were at the, at the right time, too, yeah. Right. And, and in the beginning, it wasn't like people would be like, yo, you're not going to be a rapper when you grow up. Like, <laughs> right. This is, you know, 13, 14, 15, sure. 16 era. Yeah. And and I didn't either. I was just I was like, yo, I'm young as hell. And I, 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 I like it started as just an experiment. Like I wanted to just I saw people freestyling and like Method Man and RZA Wu-Tang stuff. Like I just love the art of that. And so it really fascinated me. And I didn't think I was good at first, but I, I realized that like I, I I could do it. Like I started freestyling and like it got better and better and better. And then there came a point where I was like, I, I, I'm very serious about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that was at the end of high school when I was like, you know what? It's not so much a joke anymore. Like I, I can make songs now. Like and I wasn't making songs for the first, you know, that whole period of rapping. Um, it was just kind of ripping beats like ninth wonder beats and pete rock and large professor and things like that and like just kind of rapping over them you know so this the song making thing it all just was domino effect it kind of just started with the drums then the rapping the freestyling and then eventually to like crafting records and like songwriting and that's kind of where i think i transitioned to like more pop music and you know because at the, at the end of the day i'm a classic rock kid i love singers i love music i love chord progressions so it kind of, it's funny it just it kind of is full circle it kind of started there and then it it drifted off and then it kind of came back to where it started you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah yeah well on this yeah. on this new album too you have some other guest artists like lloyd and alan kingdom how was that working with them and and how did that come about on the new album yeah man super dope those are um two really good friends i you know i, I met lloyd I used to be signed to Interscope when I was mm. younger, like really young, like 19. It was my yeah. rec- first record deal. And um, I met Lloyd through that situation. He he just like was a fan of mine. And, you know, I met him through, you know, mutual people at the time. And so I've always just kept that relationship with Lloyd. And he's so dope. He's, I mean, incredible singer, but just, I mean, really humble, nice person. And no matter, you know, when I left the label or whatever, like he just always stayed in touch because he believed in me and he believes in me. So I really dope guy. And, um, you know, I sent that record to him a couple of years ago, like as an idea for him, I was like, yo, let's do something together. Maybe I can, pro-. cause I'm also a producer. Mm-hmm. Cause, so I was like, 
if we collaborate, I don't care if it's me producing for you or you go jumping on a record. So I kind of sent them hourglasses like you can either hop on this or if you really like it for yourself, maybe we can go that route. But he just really loved it um, and wanted to be a part of it. So that was dope. And then Alan Kingdom is a really good friend that, you know, I was introduced to him probably like a year and a half ago. And um, we just kind of we linked and we kind of grew this relationship where like I was producing for him like I you know I produced like a big part of his last project and uh through that we just became really good friends and so you know when I did a solo project for my own artistry um at that point we were it was like organic and we we were very good friends so it just felt really good I you know I always hear voices in my head when it comes to like songs like sometimes I'll hear a certain person's tone over that record like mm. in my head before it happens and i i heard i heard alan on that like just i could hear his vocal and i was able to also envision <laughs> lloyd's vocal on hourglass so it worked out really well you know yeah and when you you mentioned that you also you you produced and you've written for other other people like rihanna and kanye and, and even eminem and stuff like that yeah. what were those experiences like and how did you get into you know writing and producing for others yeah man um well, those, those names actually, I, I, nothing got placed with them, so I'm mm. hoping that it does gotcha. still. But gotcha. yeah. th- those were more. Uh, I wrote for Rihanna and I wrote for mm. Eminem. Okay, um, you know, I, I, they were um, things that I was requested to come and write, and yeah. like you know, it, so those records that I wrote for them are still in the pipeline, hopefully, and people are hyping it, and it's it's really dope. You know, fingers crossed that you know something gets placed. That would be amazing. Yeah, but. Yeah, that that's kind of a newer frontier. I mean, I've always written, I've always written my own music, but um, writing for other artists like that—that's a newer frontier for me. I only started doing that probably like a year and a half ago. Mm. Um, you know, I've been signed to a publishing company since I was on Interscope, but in the beginning time, like of that <laughs> period, it was just them, you know, helping my artistry and like syncing my artistry, and like I wasn't so much focusing on producing and writing at the time i was just really focused on my project and you know me getting in with other producers and things like that so um i wasn't ready yet as a producer and you know i was for myself but in order to seek me out or recruit me for another big artist like rihanna or eminem i i don't think i was ready yet you know what i mean and i I had to grow and i had to develop and really do it every single day because when i was signed I wasn't really doing that every day. It was more about my project and what we're doing and where we're going. It wasn't like like really crafting my product producing every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I really started to get into that like 2013. And yeah, I guess within the last year, um, people just started hearing what I was doing with other artists. Um, you know, I started working with this guy, Hoodie Allen, who we made some – pretty dope stuff with and like it made like some good noise and i think through that it just opened up some new doors for me and i'm at a point now where you know it's definitely like refined and people are you know wanting to recruit me for their music so um that's going really dope man it's been dope i've been you know they've been flying me out and putting me in (laughs) sessions and writing for people and people want jared evan to write for him and produce so it's it's dope it's just um never complacent i have to keep you know, improving and, and working on that, you know? Right. What's the, what's the difference between working on your own stuff and working with, with somebody else? I would say that, uh, 
you know, when I work with someone, I, when someone wants me to write for someone else, for instance, when I wrote for Rihanna, mm-hmm. um, w- when I was in the room and I was with, it was me and another writer, this guy, Sterling Fox, who's super dope. And he, he's a big instrumentalist. Like he was playing acoustic guitar. It was kind of like a folky record, like type of joint that we did for her. It was like mm-hmm. four or five seconds kind of. <clears throat> and, you know, when I sit and I write for myself, I'm thinking about my life and I'm thinking about my stories and how I can, you know, show people who Jared Evan is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I write for someone like Rihanna, it was more like we were in there and I was – it's like an impression. It's like I'm I'm impersonating her. It's mm. like someone who does like a Donald Trump impression. Not only do you <laughs> have to – you know, if you have to, or Robert De Niro or whatever, like get the face down. It's mm-hmm. not just about the voice. You almost want to like make the face that he makes and like every mannerism. Like you kind of want to be that person. So when people ask me that, that's the analogy You know, because mm. I, I actually do like – impersonations of people like i love comedy and stuff like that and it's very similar mm. with with writing for another artist because essentially you just you're imitating that uh, that artist and their voice um like what would she say and like what is a, a trademark rihanna thing to do you know mm-hmm. so i think that's the difference you know when i for me i'm thinking about whatever comes out of me i'm not even thinking it's just i'm freestyling it's mm-hmm. like there's no calculation there there's a little bit more of a calculation when it comes to writing for other artists, but sometimes you'll do it and like, it'll end up being dope for you too. It'll end up working. And that's the beauty is like when I try to write for other people, I'm just trying to make a really big, like catchy, like smash hit record. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And what the dope thing is though, is if it ends up still being in line with what I do and and my voice, Mm -hmm. like I just made myself a potential hit, you know what I mean? So it's like scratching away at a lottery ticket. You're just, you know, you're you're focusing that more for the other the other artists uh, to begin with. Like they're the Van Wick that will win you the lottery. But sometimes you can end up being that Van Wick. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like when you approach this new album, you and you said you had the title um, "Blank and Truth," you know, in your in your head. Are yeah. you are you looking to go? Okay, let's see what kind of songs you know could fit there. Or did you already have some songs in mind? Going, oh yeah, this would fit under under this title and stuff. Yeah. No, it was actually mostly. It was mostly the the latter. It was mostly I had records that were kind of done. And when I came up with the idea for Blanket Truth, I was like, damn, you know what? These records fit right in with that concept. Um, I mean, the Blanket Truth concept is, 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 you know, kind of in line with my music anyway. It's like the music I make kind of fits in there regardless of that. So it's like I don't really have to sit and like look at the whiteboard and see the blanket truth and be like, all right, now we got to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like that. It was just like records that, that ended up making sense. Um, it just worked out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, but you know, there were definitely moments where I wanted to, you know, have that theme like sprinkle in a bit, like, you know, like the outro on the last song where I reenacted Dustin Hoffman, like that's my voice and stuff mm-hmm. like that was kind of once that song was done, I was like, all right, we let's throw that in there now. Let's kind of make once it's all kind of there, mm-hmm. which have the meat and potatoes. It was more like at the end. Now that I know what the concept is, like let's sprinkle in all the stuff we need to make it more like it's a movie. You know what I mean? And yeah. make it like it's all the blanket truth. You know that I think it's little nuances like that can, <clears throat> that sometimes could tie an album together. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Tell us about the the video for your single uh, role model. Um, yeah, man, you know, that was, uh, 
kind of like a movie that we just placed to the music. I, I wanted to shoot a video that was more just like a short film with music underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this movie from the nineties called kids, which is like one of my favorite movies this is dope, yeah. um, movie for me. And, uh, I kind of based it off of that vibe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the funny thing about role model is the video is based on something that happened to me very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got in trouble when I was like 18, 19 and my friend got away mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happens <laughs> in the video. Right. And the, you know, the whole, the whole moral of the video is like, you know, nobody but yourself should be your role model. You know what I mean? Because it, in the video you see his boy like turned on him. And this is a guy throughout the video we see he looks up to, he's walking with him, he's doing what he, you know, there's peer pressure there and he's kind of looking up to this guy. But at the end, this dude bails out on him. And I think that's at the end where he realizes like, I need to be my own role model. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't rely on anyone else but me. I need to have more faith in me. You know what I mean? And that was the kind of the the theme of that song and video, you know. Yeah, it kind of it kind of reminded me of, of kids too, the movie. So yeah. Oh, I, dope, man. Yeah, I, I could kind of tell it was at least you know sort of that vibe. So uh, yeah, thank you. Now that you have a few albums under your belt, you know, for the past few years and stuff like that, what lessons have you learned in being your own artist and and what direction you want your career to go? Yeah, um, I think it's so important. You know, I, I looking back. I think it was very good that I was let go from Interscope because if I never had been, I wouldn't have known what like what my vision is. I wouldn't have learned what I wanted my vision to be. It's like you just want to get to the top so fast and you do whatever you, you know it takes to do it well, you know, in terms of being signed. I mean, at least that's what I went through. Mm-hmm. And you don't really do soul searching. You don't really like – that record that I did with Interscope didn't tell any kind of a story for me. Like the fan base that I have and the following and the people that know me for my brand and what it stands for currently, like that didn't exist during that time. And it only started to exist when I started making independent decisions. And I had to, I had to go out on my own and like really dig deep and, and go back to where it started. The thing that got me signed was just making music in my basement. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just doing what I love to do, like when I was freestyling, like this whole story that I've told you is like, I, I cannot abandon that because that's what got me. That's what gets success. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's like when you stop like thinking about money, you start making money. You know what I mean? But yeah, when you right. think about money, yeah. when you think about the money, it's like nothing is happening for you. You just have to let go and just do what feels good. And those albums that I worked on and released like for the fourth chapter and I did this project, um, boom, bap and blues with static selector, you know, those things would not exist if I hadn't gone through what I went through at Interscope and become a visionary. You have to be a visionary. You have to, even though every artist needs a team and a manager, it's super important. You have that team, uh, dynamic, but regardless, you need to be your own manager. You know what I mean? You need to really know who you are and like, I had to figure that out, you know what I mean? And it took me it took me four years to figure it out. I think the blanket truth is the closest version of like of what what I am. And I'm and I'm getting closer with every album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you always had a, a vision you mentioned before about having a vision of, of being a you know, an artist or even when you're starting to drum to, you know, play drums and stuff like that. Yeah. Did, did you have other jobs, you know, uh, you know, growing up or, or you know, before you you, you became a performer and stuff? Uh, man, you know, I, I, not really. I, I, um, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a, 
a quote unquote job. So yeah. like, you know, I'd say like summer after high school type thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, like when I graduated from high school, um, you know, cause you're living at home, you're with your parents. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was blessed to come from like a neighborhood where my parents supported me and, you know, but yes, there was a point where I was delivering pizza. Uh, like I think I was like 19 mm-hmm. and the spot, Michelangelo's from my town. Great, great thin slice, man. It was the best, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, that that was a job. Yeah, I was a pizza delivery boy as I was like making music, and um, that was just a way for me to get some money. And you know, I worked for my dad like in the summer and stuff like that. But those were just I, I kind of had to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like I didn't have a choice. You know, it's like yeah. my parents were like you need to get a job. You're not going to because I went to summer camp when I was a kid, and when I when I grew up a bit, like seventeen, eighteen, you're not going to camp anymore. Like. Mm-hmm you're on your way to college, you know, that was around the time where if I, if I had a job, it was then. And, Mm -hmm. um, but man, I was really lucky. I got a record deal right then. I mean, right around the time that I was like getting jobs and stuff, like delivering pizza. Like I literally got a record deal in the middle of being a pizza delivery boy. You know what I mean? So like it was all good. I mean, and I, I was blessed enough to like make a good amount of money where I didn't have to work and I didn't have to graduate college, Uh you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it just worked out and so far pretty much my whole life music has like just supported me, you know, that's, yeah, that, that's right. How did, how did it come about that your deal with, uh, Interscope? Um, well, yeah, actually to date, even before Interscope, um, Puff Daddy was the first person that got this whole thing started. Okay. Um, he offered, I met with him and we met up and it was crazy. I met did and we were chilling for like three hours and he offered me, he saw this video that I did. I shot mm-hmm. the, I, like I said, I was making music in my closet in my basement mm-hmm. in my home growing up. And as I was doing this, I was evolving. And with every record I recorded in GarageBand, it got better and better. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing that, I was also interning at the fader because I was trying to get my feet wet in the music industry. Like mm-hmm. as I'm creating this shit, like I'm trying to meet people and network. And mm-hmm. so I got an internship at the fader. My former manager uh, worked, he used to work there. So he got me an internship and it was really that summer where I was interning for the fader where I would then start as soon as I built relationships with people and they liked me, I would start presenting my music to them. Mm-hmm. And one of the dudes who I befriended, who I did this to was Rick Cordaro, who's like a, at the time, one of the biggest video directors in, in urban music. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had just done like a Roots video and, and Lil Wayne, A-Rap, Money, Music, Buster Rhymes thing. And he was just everywhere. And he happened to have really loved my music. He thought it was super dope. And he was really creative about it. He wanted to start shooting videos for me. So we shot a song for this. Uh, we shot a video for this song that I did called Frozen. Um, like I did it in my closet. Like no one knew what was, you know, that anything would happen. And we just shot a really compelling visual um, and literally within weeks after shooting that video, like he started, you know, showing it to a couple people, his manager showed it to people. And one of the people that saw it was Puff Daddy and mm-hmm. long story short, like that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. All that's when the wheels started turning is like when Diddy saw this video and he flipped out and he wanted to sign me, mm-hmm. the mentality was like, okay, well shit, like if he loves it, like let's try to show this to more people and try to see what else, what, what other interests we can get here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was blessed to like get other people's attention. Jimmy Iovine saw it. Polo, the Don, um, showed it to him. And mm-hmm. that's why I was signed to Polo when I did the deal with Interscope. Cause he was like the guy that was really like telling Jimmy, like he wanted me to, he wanted him to do it. And mm-hmm. 
you know, no, it was no hard feelings to Diddy, man. Diddy was a great dude. It was awesome. I can't believe I hung out with him. Uh, but you know, Interscope just, they gave me a lot of things, man. And it, it just, it seemed really dope and we did it. And I was, I was 20 at the time and, um, it was a very exciting time, but I wasn't ready. I had just gone from making, you know, recordings in GarageBand with no nothing. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. Never, never. I was a drummer, so I had been on stage playing the drums. Mm. I, I felt comfortable in front of a crowd in that sense, but I was not a performer. I did not. I did. I only just then stumbled upon the fact that I can sing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah. So I got, I was, my life changed overnight, you know what I mean? Um, And I just, I think that played into why it didn't work out on Interscope because it just wasn't my destiny yet. It just was not my destiny yet, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, It was part of, it was part of my destiny that I had that, that, that was destined to happen so that I can learn about the business early on and Mm -hmm. put some money in my pocket and like, and like, you know, it, it all just boils back into like being a visionary. I had to go through that to really become smarter and thicker skinner and like, you know, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so do you, do you have big uh, tour plans coming up for 2017 to support the the new album? Um, well, yeah, there's definitely some things bubbling. Uh, Nothing is set in stone yet. I want to, you know, I want, I want when, if I do tour, when I tour, like to be really, really done well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't want to just force anything. And, you know, I think the goal is, um, to open up for a bigger artist sure. that would be really dope um you know so that's the goal but you know there's definitely some things in the works and um i don't want to rush it you know i kind of want to promote the album more and let the music kind of spread more and um really focus on spreading the music more um but definitely tour is important and, and it's definitely on the uh the to-do list right right and so uh where where can uh, we find the, the, your album and your and your website? Yeah, um, just Jared Evan J A R E D E V A N dot com is my website, and then you know after that it's just Jared Evan all across the board, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. All just Jared Evan. Um, yeah, man, and and the, you know people some people think it's Evans. I get that sometimes, <laughs> like the plural, but it's my it's just my first and middle name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's where they could find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It, I mean, you had a, a really great, interesting story. I loved it. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you for having me. Since you can't follow me, maybe you could be my role model, 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 model.